Ephesians chapter 2, we bring up our theme verse. Uh, we read this every single week as a, as a prayer. We're, we're believing for God to build this in our church and in our culture. And then I've got a couple other verses we're going to go through together. Ephesians 2, 19. Our custom, we read this together. Are you ready? Here we go. One, two, three. So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Together we are his house, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. We are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Through him, you Gentiles are also being made part of this dwelling where God lives by his spirit. Now I want you to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 16. I do have the notes in the Bible app. If you go to events, you'll see our church there. So you can see all the notes and you know the translations I use and everything. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 16. I want you to see if you can see a theme as we go through this. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Oh, we don't have to read this out loud. Just listen, listen, listen. Even, I appreciate you. You guys are so enthusiastic. We just need to have some prayer and uh, we're ready. We're ready, man. I, I love it. Uh, even though the, our outward man is perishing, the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction is but for a moment. And it is working a more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Now watch this. Pay attention. We do not look at the things which are seen, but that which is not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary. Everybody say temporary. temporary. But the things that are not seen are eternal. Wow. So you see this comparing, contrasting, the seen, the unseen, temporary and eternal. Now turn with me one other verse, Colossians chapter 1 and verse 15 through 17. This one out of the New Living Translation. Colossians 1, 15. Colossians 1, 15, and it says this, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. We see another comparison, the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created as, and is supreme over all creation. Through him, God created everything in the heavenly realm and on earth. There's another comparison, the things we see and the things we can't see thrones kingdoms rulers authorities in the unseen realm everything was created through jesus and for jesus he existed before anything else and he holds all creation together wow let's end right there let's pray let's ask the lord's hand on this time as we open his word lord i commit this message to you and i ask you to speak to our hearts and to change our lives today God, minister to us in a way that will, that will shift our focus from the things on the earth and into the heavenlies, mighty God. I just ask that you will help us today and move in our midst in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Uh, you may be seated. Uh, I'm going to warn you. Today, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of dive into the deep end, if you will. Um, we're still in our series, First Steps, but I want to explain to you a, a topic that uh, maybe you've never been taught before. Uh, this is something that I feel like, man, I wish that I would have understood when I first got saved. Uh, my wife and I, we've seen more 
miracles probably in the last two to three years than I have seen in the previous 12, 13 years, probably combined. And you say, why? What has changed? The Lord really began to show me one principle, one idea, one concept that has absolutely shifted my focus. And, and, and as I said, I wish that I would have understood this. I, I feel like children grab onto certain ideas very naturally that we as adults, as we grow and we mature and we gain, you know, we gain what we think is wisdom and, and experience, and, and that may be true to some degree, but sometimes we lose that childlike faith. Sometimes we lose the perspective that children have so easily as we grow wise. You understand what I'm saying? And so what, I, what, I, what am I talking about? You know, this passage is very interesting because it's demonstrating the fact that we are simultaneously living in two worlds. Did you know that? We're living in two worlds at the same time. We have the seen and the unseen realm, the Bible says. We have the temporary and the eternal. We have earth and that which was created, uh, you know, the earth was created out of what they call the heavenly realm. We have the natural and we have the supernatural. Remember, for example, when I was reading as a young person uh, Frank Peretti's books, have you ever read the... Uh, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. The piercing the darkness, this present darkness. You guys ever read those? You ought to go check it out. I just remember being amazed. As I was reading about this pastor in his church and things that were going on in that church. And then what it does is it shifts and it begins to show behind the veil of the unseen. The activity of the demonic. In the activity of angels. You see a, a girl who's being harassed and she's depressed and she's on the verge of suicide. And it goes behind the veil and you see a demon of suicide that is tormenting her. And I remember as a young person, it was the first time that I really even began to consider. There's a whole world outside of what I see in the natural. And this is difficult for us to wrap our brains around because we grow up in this natural world, in this flesh, what we see, what we feel, what we smell, what we taste. This is all we know. But then we have these moments where supernatural events occur and we begin to realize there's more that's going on here. Now, I know a handful of you read Peretti's books. How many of you ever seen The Matrix? Yeah, I, I figured that would be a more relevant one. Uh, you know, did you know that movie came out in 1999? Guys, we're getting old. I can't believe that's over 20 years ago now. I remember when that came out. And again, just this, like, you, you just kind of start looking at stuff different. Like, is this world real? Is what's going on around us? Is this, is this what it actually is? Anybody else do that as you watch that? I mean, just like, what in the world is going on? Can I tell you? We are living in the matrix. <laughs> Not that matrix, but I, I will just tell you, some of you are thinking, oh, this guy has just gone crazy. What kind of church is this? No, but I, I want you to understand that in the very same way, what was going on in the matrix, it was a, it was a shadow it was an interpretation. It was even a reflection of something that was going on for real. But it was a simulation. 
And as they come out of the matrix, they begin to realize there's a whole real world that I haven't even begun to touch on yet. Now, some of you might be wondering, okay, see, because we think about, now this is where we get, this is where I think a lot of us are probably backwards in our perspective. Because you're probably thinking the world that we live in right now is the real world and the spiritual unseen realm, that's like the matrix. It's the other way around. Do you realize that everything we see and touch and feel right now This was all created out of the unseen realm. This is the byproduct of the unseen realm, the heavenly realm. What we have here, this is temporary, the Bible says. It is fading away. Sometimes we think, well, somebody dies, and then they become a mist. They become a vapor. They they go into some lesser level of existence. That's not what the Bible says. In fact, where this became so real, and I honestly think this is kind of what shifted my perspective on the eternal. I had a friend. He was in his 70s, and he was in our prayer meetings every single day at King's on Maui. And we'd go together, and we'd, we'd pray. I mean, every single morning, I was with Brother Kaoki. I could trust that him and his wife, Kavehi, would be there every single morning. And we prayed together, and I'll never forget the day. Uncle Kaoki suffered a massive stroke. Take him into the hospital. We go, we visit him, we pray with him, we anoint him with oil. And we were contending for a miracle. You know, that's, that's obedience, right? We pray for miracles. It's our job to believe. It's God's job to heal. I don't have the power. I obey. And so we went in and we prayed. And I thought he was doing well. In fact, the next day, we watch him kind of turn around and things are improving. And I'm like, man, this is going to be great. God's going to raise him up from that sick bed. But I think two days later, his wife calls me and says, Uncle is with Jesus now. I remember I was stirred. I mean, you go through this wave of emotions. I felt like, boy, we lost a battle here. Do we not pray? Should I have gone another time in the, in the hospital? And I just began to, to go through all of this. And I remember I was in sort of this, this grieving, almost pity party kind of, kind of mentality. And I and was just like, God, what is going on? Lord, why? This was a question I asked God. Why did Kaoki die? And I heard the Lord speak to me as clearly as I've ever heard him in my life. Jacob, right now, Kaoki is more alive than you are. It made me step back and, oh my good, it changed my perspective on everything. Do you realize what we experience right now in life? The Bible says is a shadow of what we will experience in eternity. I'm telling you, what we have right now is a shadowy reflection, the Bible says, of what is going on in eternity. We, Those who have gone before us in the Lord, they are more alive. If they are with Jesus, they are more alive than we are. We don't think that way. Not naturally, anyway. This is all we know. But I'm telling you, that's the key to miracles, friend. This is why Brother Wigglesworth, he'd go in and he'd see somebody on their deathbed. And it looks 
hopeless. It looks horrible. People who had been on their deathbed for months, and he would go in there, and he wouldn't look at that situation. He wouldn't even talk about the situation. He would gather around his prayer team. They would hit their knees, and he says, look at Jesus. And they would set their eyes on Jesus. And he had on one occasion where he said, don't pray for this need. Just say the name Jesus. And he began to pray, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus. And as this prayer team set their eyes on Jesus, all of a sudden this man who had been comatose began repeating with them, Jesus, 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 Jesus. As life began to come back into his body, and in a moment that man was raised from that bed. The problem is so often when we pray for our needs, we look at our work situation, we look at our emotional distress, we look at our physical burdens, we look at all of these things, and we're only looking in the natural. When God is saying, no, look at me. Don't look at the sickness. Don't look at the pain. Don't stay right there. What is going on in heaven? What is my will? That's why Jesus said, put your perspective on me. He said, pray, your kingdom come, your will be done. You notice the focus is not on, look at how messed up the nation is. Look at all the problems. No, look at me. What's going on up there? So that's how we need to pray. When we're contending for miracles, when we're believing, I know your body hurts. I know your relationships are a mess. Look at Jesus. I know this is a new way of thinking for many of us. I wish somebody would have told me this the first week that I got saved. I know this is deep. But I think everybody ought to understand. Do you, do you get the picture? Are you with me this morning? Now, I want to give you some practical application on this over the next couple minutes. How can we prevail in the spirit and in the natural? If we're going to live our life in two worlds, how can we be a winner in the invisible realm and in the natural realm? Now, I just did a whole series on spiritual warfare. You can go uh, on our YouTube and you can find that series on Ephesians. I, I did the armor of God and spiritual warfare, all of that. Today is going to be very simple. I want to give you some basic concepts. And uh, in fact, would you turn in your Bible to Acts chapter 19? Acts chapter 19. This is one of my favorite stories in the whole Bible. Acts chapter 19. Oh my goodness. And look at verse 11. The Bible says God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul so that even handkerchiefs and aprons were brought from, the body, uh, from his body to the sick. Diseases left them. Evil spirits went out of them. Wow. So some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists took it upon themselves to call on the name of the Lord Jesus over those whom had evil spirits, saying, We exercise you by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. You see problems with this yet? Verse 14, There were seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, who did so. Pastor's kids. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know... 
And Paul I know, but who are you? Friend, if you're in that situation, you better run. I'm just going to warn you, okay? The man in whom had the evil spirit, he leaped on them, he overpowered them, he prevailed against them. They fled out of the house naked and wounded. This became known to Jews and Greeks dwelling in Ephesus, and fear fell on them all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. I love it. Even failed deliverance ministry, Jesus received glory. Isn't that nice? Now, where did these boys go wrong. I'm sure they were well-intentioned. They know somebody who's demonized and they want freedom to come into their life. But how can we avoid a situation like this? How can you and I move into a place of authority in the spiritual realm? Well, we get a clue by even what the demons said. The Bible says, that they responded. The, these boys come in. You just, you just picture the scenario. Maybe they saw one of those occasions where Paul brought a handkerchief from his body, laid it upon a sick or a demonized person, and at the word of Jesus, they were free. Now, these guys were already involved in exorcism, and their daddy was a priest, probably also involved in exorcism. And there's a whole process. You can actually look in the history of how they performed exorcisms, and uh, it's very lengthy. It was very ineffective. But here's Jesus with great authority. And they begin to look at this, and we, didn't have, we don't have to come in with our smoke and our water and all of this kind of stuff. He just said the name Jesus, and the demons came. And those boys are like, we ought to try this. We should try this. I think there's a demonized guy right down the street. And so they go down the street, and they walk in, and they see this demonized man, and they say, I command you in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches, come out. This demonized boy looks at them and says, I know Paul. I know Jesus. Who are you? It was a bad deal. I put two Greek words in the notes. He says, I know Jesus. That's the Greek word gnosko. Everybody say gnosko. Gnosko means I've had run-ins and encounters with. So he's saying, I know who Jesus is. We've encountered him before. We've experienced him before. Oh, we saw what happened with Legion over there. Oh, we saw that demonized woman in the temple. Oh, we've experienced Jesus. We know his power. And then he says, I know Paul. The demon says, I know who Paul is. But it's not gnosko. It's actually the Greek word epistemi. Everybody say epistemi. epistemi. It's a different word. Epistemi, now this is interesting, it means to behold as in a mirror. Or it literally means I, I look and I recognize, or I look and I remember. Maybe the easiest way to explain it, have you ever, have you ever heard a song and all of a sudden you have flashbacks to some other moment? Oh, this is the song that played when I had my first dance, right? Or... You hear a song play, oh, this was the song that they sang when I first got saved. And you have these moments where you're hearing a song, and maybe you're just driving down the road, but all of a sudden you go back to another moment. We've all experienced that. You have these moments, somebody's sharing with you a story, and all of a sudden you remember, wow, 
God did something similar in my life. And all of a sudden, you're hearing a story, but you're remembering something else. That's exactly what this demon is saying. Hey, I know Jesus. I've had experiences and encounters with him. And then he says, I epistemize Paul. When I have encountered Paul, I look at him, but I remember Jesus. It's exactly what he's saying. The same spirit that was operating through Jesus Christ is now operating through Paul. But it's not operating through these seven pastors' kids. That's a problem. Who are you? You want to know how you're going to gain authority over the demonic? In Matthew, or I'm sorry, in Luke chapter 10, Jesus gave his disciples authority and he sent them out. Preach, heal, cast out demons. And they came back in that passage and the Bible says they marveled. Yeah, look at this. I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all power of the enemy. Nothing will by any means hurt you. Next verse. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that spirits are subject to you, but rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Jesus is saying, listen, it's wonderful that you were able to heal the sick and cast out devils, but don't rejoice over that. Rejoice because your names are written in heaven. He shifted their perspective. Yeah, something happened in the natural. You want to know why? Because you have a seat in the supernatural. The only reason you and I will ever have authority is because we are seated in and with Jesus in heavenly places. That's where our authority, the fact that your name is written in heaven. Well, how does that happen? How do we move into that place of authority? You got to know him. You got to be in right relationship with him. Him. In fact, the Bible says, James 4, 7, that if you submit to God, everybody say submit to God, and you resist the devil, he will flee from you. Notice the process. Submit and resist. Submit and resist. You want to know how you can have authority over the demonic? You got to submit your life to Jesus. And you need to surrender your life in public and in private, friend. It needs to be public and it needs to be private. These boys, sons of Sceva, they had a public relationship with God. But that demon saw right through it, you don't know Jesus and I don't know you. You can make a public declaration, but do you have a personal relationship with Jesus? We can worship the Lord at the church, but I'm telling you, friend, if you have secret sin in your life, you can't go and try and take authority over demons and cast out demons when you're sleeping with the same demons. I'm just telling you, I'm trying to save you guys headache. Because you understand, as God begins to move more and more and more, we're going to see the schemes of the enemy begin to be exposed. And I want you to know how to handle that when that happens. My wife and I have cast out many demons over our time in our ministry. Demonic manifestations, dramatic deliverance. And I remember these moments where demons will manifest and this, these, I see these demonic eyes just begin to peer into my soul. Searching. Looking. You're not going to find sin in this vessel. So I take authority 
and the demon goes. I've got a friend. If I said his name, a lot of you would actually know who he is. When this happened, uh, nobody knew who he was. Uh, but God's blessed his ministry and elevated him. But early in his walk with the Lord, he had a public relationship with Jesus. He'd sing on the worship team. He was, he was ministering all of this, but he had secret sin in his life. Well, one day, there's a woman who begins to manifest demons during a church service. This lady begins like foaming at the mouth the whole nine yards, and they drag this woman out and down towards the altar, and there were a group of intercessors who gathered around to begin to minister to her. It's a true story. They begin to, I take authority over you. I bind you. Come out in the name of Jesus. Just praying. And my friend, he thinks, I'm going to join this circle. So he gets into the circle, and he begins to command, come out in the name of Jesus, looser, and let her go. Saying the right words. This woman looks at him, and the demon begins to speak. You don't have the right to take authority over me. You look at pornography, you have a closet alcohol problem, begins to name his sins in the compromise in front of the whole congregation. Now he repented, he got right with God. It could have been worse. He could have left that place wounded and naked. Instead, he just got little hurt feelings, and he repented. Oh, praise God. He's gracious, and he receives glory. That lady did get set free, by the way. Listen, surrender your life to Jesus in public and in private. Give him everything, friend. And then the Bible says you resist the devil, he must flee. You hold Satan to that. The moment that you feel that depression, I, I call it the spirit of Eeyore, begin to come upon you. Woe is me. I'm so sad. Nobody, nobody talked to me today. You know, just, just, you know, whatever. The moment that begins to come upon you, why don't you break into worship? I will live in the goodness of God. You know, I, I know I'm, I'm not a worship leader. You don't want me to be a worship leader. But you just imagine if every time the devil comes knocking on your door, <laughs> you just begin moving into a place of worship. The moment that lust thing comes knocking on your heart, you let Jesus answer the door, right? Pray in the Holy Ghost. You just, just move. You need to begin to learn to, to push back when the enemy comes against you. Now, I, I preached a whole series on that, so I'm not going to go. But you submit and you resist. Submit and resist. Now, I will say, so that's on the spiritual side of things, right? But there is a natural side of things too. You know, I've, I've watched people who get so carried away in the spirit, and I believe in demons. I've seen demonic stuff. But when I'm driving down the road, and I get a flat tire, I do not come out that car curse that devil of flatness in the name of Jesus. Get out of this. No. No. I ran over a rock, and my tire went flat. You guys hearing me? There's a demon on that lamp. You know, it's just people, people live like that, man. We're not going there. There's a natural side. And can I tell you, very often we spend time trying to rebuke things and cast things out that are fleshly in nature. Bro, 
You don't got an alcohol demon. You just got friends that keep on bringing booze to your house. This is common sense. Get them out. You don't have a pornography demon. No, you just need to stop browsing the internet in the middle of the night. This is not a spirit of slander or gossip. You just need to change your prayer circle. Get in a different life group where that stuff's not going on. There's some common sense things. You know, I'm just so depressed. Like, bro, you've been sitting at home. I, I, I heard a testimony. This is not even a testimony. I heard a, a story of a guy, a guy who I know personally, who had not left his house for one year since this whole COVID thing broke out. Having groceries delivered to his doorstep. And guess what? He's depressed. Now listen, that might be spiritual in nature. But bro, go for a walk. Go get in the sun. You know, get outside. Stop watching the news. Your depression's going to lift. Certain things are just common sense, man. So we're going to win the battle in the spirit, but we're going to win the battle in the flesh. You crucify the flesh. You don't cast out flesh. You crucify the flesh. Sometimes you got to make a choice. I'm not doing that. You can't even blame the devil. Devil standing on the side. I didn't have nothing to do with that. You need, to, you need to crucify. No, that's yourself. That is your own desires and your own lust that's crying out. Kill it. Kill it. Give no place to sin. Number two, Ephesians 4, 24. Give no place to the devil. Romans 13, 14. Uh, let me find it here. Romans 13, 14. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh in regard to its love. Don't give it, don't give it place. Don't give it place in your life. Keep your eyes on Jesus and pray. Romans, I'm sorry, um, Mark 14, 38, Jesus said, Watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. This is like what I was talking about before. Put your eyes on Jesus. Pray. Are you weak in the flesh? Put your eyes on Jesus. Pray. Okay? Uh, fill yourself with the word. Psalm 119 and verse 9. How can a young man stay pure? Only by living in the word of God and walking in its truth. Wow. How can a young man stay pure? By living in the word and walking in its truth. That's wonderful. And here's, here's the last one. Worship team, would you come? I'm, I'm coming in for a landing. You want to win in the natural, something you're going to have to do is run from worldly ambition and lusts. It's exactly what the Bible says, 2 Timothy 2.22, run as fast as you can from all the ambitions and lusts of youth. Chase after what is pure. Whatever builds your faith and deepens your love must become your holy pursuit. Live in peace with all those who worship our Lord with pure hearts. When sin, temptation begin to rear its head, you run. Everybody say run. What do you do when this pretty girl that's not your girl starts giving you attention that you don't need? Run. When that guy starts messaging you, complimenting you, and that's not your guy, run. 
worldly ambition. I'm going to cut this guy down so I can get ahead. I'm going to do what I can to get ahead. You run. The image that came to my mind as I was preparing this message, Dave Ramsey, who's famous for, you know, his work in finances and that, he shares a verse out of Proverbs chapter 6. And in Proverbs 6, he says, are you in debt? Here's what you do. Work hard. Right? Don't let sleep come to your eyes. Don't lay down your head. Work hard to get out of debt. But then he says something that's very interesting. Deliver yourself like a gazelle from the hand of the hunter, like a bird from the hand of the fowler. What in the world is that talking about? You're hearing the wisdom of God. You want to know how you can get out of debt? It's the very same way. He says this is how you escape sin. Deliver yourself like a gazelle from the hand of the hunter. You say, what in the world is that talking about? Have you ever seen a gazelle? Gazelles have like this secret sense about them where a cheetah can come after them zero to 70 miles an hour in four leaps. And that cheetah begins to go, and all of a sudden, something comes alive on the inside of that, of that gazelle that says, Run! Run, cheetah! Run! And that's how, <laughs> that's how the gazelle escapes the cheetah. All right, you can go ahead and pull that down. That gazelle didn't get away. I'll just. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's sad. I know. Friend, you want to know how you can escape worldly ambition and the lusts of the flesh? The moment that you see that thing coming, you turn around and you run! Are you hearing me? I know you heard me. Listen, I know that's, I know that's loud and obnoxious, but you're going to remember this, won't you? You're going to remember it. And the moment that temptation comes your way, what are you going to do? That's right. Hey, won't you stand... good um, today I want to give you an opportunity I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this but sometimes our victory I know I, I've spent this last moments talking about the natural there's practical things that we do but where you're going to have authority is in these moments of surrender if your life has not been surrendered to Jesus Christ the devil's going to tear you up man but if you surrender publicly and privately what are the things that trip you up what are the things that bind you I know I, I naturally I talk about the things that God has delivered me from but you may have a whole different list of things that you're challenged with that you're tempted with.
And I want to provide us a moment today of total surrender. Lord, there's sin in my life that trips me up and I cannot get a grip. God, this thing comes over my emotions, this anxiety, this fear, this depression. But I want to give that to you today, Lord. Maybe you're here and there's things that just occupy and dominate your mind. You don't even know if it's sin, but it dominates you. I want to give you the opportunity to lay that before the Lord. And what we're going to do, I'm going to ask you to do something bold. I'm going to ask you to take a step of faith right down here to this altar. I'm not going to pray with you personally, but I want you to have a step of faith where you present and you lay something before the Lord. I'm going to surrender this to you, mighty God, publicly, and I'm going to surrender it to you privately. If you're here and God is speaking to you, I want you to lay this down in these altars. I want you to begin to step out from where you're at, and I want you to find a place to kneel at this altar. Lord, I'm surrendering to you. Lord, I'm giving it to you. I'm not going to carry it any longer. I'm not going to be dominated any longer. Come on, friend. This is your moment of freedom. Come, find a place in this altar. Kneel and begin to talk to the Lord and begin to talk to Jesus. Give him that thing that has burdened you. Give him that thing that has drug you down. Give him that thing that has tied you up. Give him that thing that has held you bondage and captive. He's going to take it. He's gracious. He's merciful. He's slow to anger and of great kindness and he relents from doing harm. Oh, he wants to give you mercy. He wants to give you grace and forgiveness. Come on. Come on. Come on, if you need to kneel in the aisle, you kneel in the aisle. But let's come down. I want you to take a step. If your heart's racing right now, that's the Lord. He's dealing with you. He's saying, hey, hey, don't give in to pride. Give that to me. I will take it. I will take it. I will set you free. I will heal you today. Come on. If that's you, step out. Step out. Just begin to talk to Jesus. Just begin to talk to Jesus. Come on.